Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hello, my friends. Today is Sunday. It's the 30th of March, 2014. I skipped last week. My daughter and I went on a camping trip. We went down to uh, Roper Lake State Park uh, out in Arizona, and that's kind of in the southeastern part of the state, I guess you'd say. Anyway, we had a good time. We stayed in one of the cabins instead of doing a tent thing, and it was a lot more comfortable. The only thing I wish they had a little bit different was the cabins, while they had electricity and it had a, a heating and cooling unit in it, which was nice. It doesn't have any running water in it. They have a little sink that's outside. And I thought, you know, they you could easily do and have maybe a little sink inside. But anyway, they didn't. They, of course, they don't have any, any toilets or anything in there. Uh, but it was much, more, uh, much, much nicer than doing a regular uh, tent thing. Um, and the area was nice. Uh, the people we met down there were really nice. We met a couple of different Canadian couples. And... Uh, they were really nice and friendly. And it's funny, you know, the town of Safford, I did see a couple of people open carrying. We, we were actually eating at a breakfast at a McDonald's one morning. And there was a policeman who was in there. And he was set up to where he could see kind of people coming in and out. And where we were sitting, I could see him. And a couple of people walked in who were open carrying. And he noticed them. He saw them, but he didn't bat an eye. And uh, nobody really in the in the uh, in the McDonald's or anything like that, thought anything of it. So I think it's sort of a little bit more of a, for lack of a better term, kind of a Western town. Um, real nice, real friendly. They've got, of course, all the everything you'd want. You know, they've got all the, the fast food joints and all that other stuff. So we actually packed kind of light. And uh, when we got there, I knew that I knew that they had a, all the stuff. Some of these little towns you go to where these state parks are, you go to there and. You're lucky if they've got a, a gas station grocery store. So anyway, uh, the, the park where we were at was really, really close to town. So you could pop into town real quick if you needed something. Uh, but I did want to relay kind of that uh, open carry story. And uh, so in some places, especially like in small places, small towns in Arizona, open carry is really not that big a deal. All right, we've got a bit of feedback the first bit of feedback comes from Joe, and this was a long time ago that he sent this in, 
And I don't think I read it because I it, I just remember seeing it the other day. And I think I'm too stupid to use Facebook properly. Um, and this was through the Firearms Cafe thing. You know, I go and I check on stuff and I look to see for messages. And sometimes they seem to pop right up. And then other times it seems like they're there one day and then gone the next. And then I, I won't. I'll go on and look and it says you've got notifications and I'll click on it. And then there's nothing changes. So when I very, very first started using uh, Facebook, it seemed to be it was uh, it was set up a little bit easier to and it was more intuitive to use. But, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, this was from way back, like in June 5th of 2013. So it's been months and months and months, but I'm just seeing this now. So I don't, like I said, I don't get why this is, is like this. But anyway, he wrote in and he said, Hi, Tony. Thanks for putting out another great podcast. It's very much appreciated. A couple of other podcasts to mention to your listeners, Gun for Hire Radio, Poor Man Prepper, Handgun World Podcast, and Practical Defense. Please encourage your listeners not to ease up on their legislators when it comes to new laws. Thanks again and take care. And that was signed Joe. So again, Joe, if you're still listening, I didn't snub you. Uh, I didn't uh, not put your message out, but uh, like I said, I just didn't see it uh, until recently. So anyway, all those shows, I, uh, I've, I've listened to all of them except for Poor Man Prepper. I haven't heard of that, so maybe I'll go ahead and check that thing out as well. And especially for shows that have been around for a while or that have a lot of uh, a lot of content, I always recommend you go and listen to like the last three or four episodes that they've done and kind of stay away from the early stuff until you figure out whether it's for you. Because I know I've changed in how I do stuff and even some of my views have changed uh, from when I was first putting out, you know, shows, 108 shows ago. So anyway, uh, we also got a bit of email from Tom. Now let me go ahead and uh, we'll read that. So Tom writes in, he says, Hey Tony, uh, I have just a few comments. As far as a restrictive, uh, excuse me, as far as leaving a restrictive firearm state for a more freedom-minded area, I left the People's Republic of New Jersey almost 25 years ago. I now live in Virginia, but with the recent election of the douchebag Terry McAlfey, I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, um, I fear for this state as well. Anyone who supposedly supports the Second Amendment but votes for a Democrat is either stupid or blind to political reality. As for the ATF and 80% lowers, I've looked at the polymer lowers in questions. I personally wouldn't touch one. It looks like the lower was 95% complete with another color polymer injected to fill the fire control group afterwards. I know the manufacturer states otherwise, but even the question of impropriety has brought the weight of the government down upon them. Has the ATF over uh, overreacted? Well, of course, but they feel the need to justify their budget. An auditor in a business suit wouldn't justify their ninja-cool military gear. It would be nice if some grown-ups were in control of the ATF as well as other police agencies, those who act more like the Gestapo than public servants. Lastly, I have a personal comment about the indictment and arrest of California State Senator Leland Yee for gun running, amongst other felonies. I couldn't have written a more appropriate ending to the career of one of our enemies and have no doubt that these anti-gun and anti-American fools are the enemy. They would strip us of our rights in order to control us. That is the final endgame of this liberal BS forced upon us at every turn. Good riddance to Yee and all other Democrats of his ilk, 
I hope he enjoys federal prison. And again, that's from Tom in uh, in Virginia. So let's kind of go over that first thing. Uh, we talked a little bit about um, what you know, kind of some of the philosophies of if you were in kind of one of these embattled states like New Jersey or California or Connecticut, um, and you had the opportunity, should you leave? Does that uh, help or hurt that type of thing? So, and like I talked about before. If it were me and I had the opportunity, I would definitely leave. Um, there there have been places where we've wanted to go maybe for a vacation that I kind of said, no, nah, I don't really want to do that. Um, there are places where I had looked at maybe trying to buy some land to uh, set aside as, as a vacation spot or maybe uh, as a second home or maybe as a retirement home if we decided ever to leave Arizona. Um and some of those places I thought, well, I'd love to do it, but the gun laws there are so restrictive and, and the political climate there is not that great. Um, as to, you know, the, the, the whole division of the, the two-party system there of the Democrat and Republican, nine times out of ten, most, uh, most Democrats uh, will not support um, gun rights. Though They're going to go anti-gun, and that's what I've seen over and over and over again doesn't mean that uh, that one time out of ten that you maybe have a Democrat that is going to go against the party and is not going to go along party lines and will say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to support uh, restrictive legislation. Usually when that happens, what the party will do is they'll come down and they'll say, well, we're going to support people then who are going to be your opponents or who are going to run against you. We're going to make sure that your the money doesn't go your way. So there's a lot of political pressure. However, we've seen recently that uh, you don't have to you don't have to be a Democrat to be anti-gun. You can definitely be a Republican to be anti-gun. Uh, so try not to get too caught up in the um, the whole right-left paradigm. Pretty much, it, there was a cartoon once of uh, it showed a gas it showed a gas station, and what it showed was. You had a, a pump here that said unleaded and another pump here that said regular. And then it showed two pipes going up. The pipes came together and then went up again into a big tank that just said gasoline. And that's pretty much what we've got with our with our current political system. Uh, we pretend that they're different. Uh, but really, w- when it comes to really big things and things that really matter, it's not too much. Uh, there, there's really hardly any difference at all. Uh, so let's go ahead and we'll talk a little bit about, and we'll do a little bit of follow-up with the uh, 80% lowers. Let me go ahead and click over to a couple of sites here. Bear with me a moment, please. All right. Um, I'm going to pull up Aries Armor and see kind of what they what they are doing. All right, sorry for the uh, the pauses here. Okay, so before we, we jump in with some of this stuff, um, the, the, the 80% lower, which we kind of went over on the last show, a little bit about what they are and um, what, um, what constitutes uh, an 80% lower. 
before I didn't know that what the ATF was saying was that in order for something to be an 80%, considered to be an 80% lower and therefore not be considered a firearm, the the fire control group, so where your trigger, your safety, your hammer, your disconnect, all your springs, all that stuff, that has to be solid. And it has to, when you manufactured it, it always had to be solid. So that what you couldn't do was uh, you couldn't have a, uh, uh, let's say, a machined uh, lower that had the, that had the opening for the fire control group and then you go in and fill it with stuff. And that's what I think what they said is that Aries Armor and their supplier, which I believe was EP Armory. I could be wrong on that. But I believe that's where they got their their stuff from. Um, they said that, no, you're using a two-part process. And EP Armory is saying, no, it's a one-part process. So I, I looked to see if I could find any... Uh, updates as far as what's going on and probably it's going to be tied up in litigation for a while so we're probably not going to hear anything for a little bit. If you go over to um, EP Armory and you can click on their 80% lowers, you see that they're all out of stock except for the AR-15 lower uh, that is aluminum and they that's priced at $89. Uh, they have a jig Adaptable jig system for the AR-15, which is priced at $75. Um, so you can still you can get those. You just can't get the polymer. Now, I did another search, and there is a um, a company called. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, James Madison Tactical, and they have. 80% polymer receivers, and it looks like they're in stock, uh, and it looks like they're about $100, and it comes with the jig, with, with the jig to do it. And I don't know if that's part of the ATF uh, ruling or why they're doing stuff, is they're saying, well, you don't have to have a jig to do it if it's a two-color thing, uh, and that they say, well, you, you have to be able to... Uh, use certain tools or that type of thing. Again, I don't know. Part of the reason I believe why um, a lot of the ATF policies are are not really written kind of down or written in stone is so that they can, uh, when they want to, they can say, well, this is our interpretation of, of, this, uh, of this policy or ruling today and tomorrow it's going to be something else. So that if if you piss us off or if you go do something that we feel that you're going against us, then we can we can kind of uh, play fast and loose with our own rules, so to speak. Um, when you do a little bit of research into the ATF, you find that a lot of that stuff uh, is arbitrary. And it really uh, kind of gives the people there who want to do a good job, it gives them kind of a black eye and paints them in a, in a they get kind of tarred with the same brush, so to speak. So anyway, you can go over to, uh, again, it's jamesmadisontactical.com and you can see they're 80% uh, lower. And then what um, what they're saying is if you go onto their site, 
they're saying that um, with the additional scrutiny placed on the eighty percent market due to the due to current events, uh, JMT wants you to know we designed from the beginning our lower receiver blank to conform with FBT, which is Firearms Technology Branch and ATF guidelines. Uh, JMT is being proactive and has submitted to the FTB, which is the Firearms Technology Branch, our blank uh, for the determination letter. So I don't know if they have their determination letter or not. Um, What they would probably say is, look, well, we're we're following all the rules before, but now we just want to make sure that we, we have a letter that says that this polymer receiver is okay. Uh, I, I don't, did I mention before that uh, the price on them anyway is $100? It also looks like it comes with a free machining jig uh, to to where you could be able to go ahead and drill out the stuff and then eventually do kind of fine-tune it with files and stuff like that. So, uh, And it looks like on theirs that everything is one color. Uh, they, it looks like right now, have... Um, it looks like they have a black uh, polymer, a flat dark earth, and an olive drab uh, polymer receiver on there. Uh, and again, you know, part of the reason you, you know, some people might say, "Well, look, you could you could buy a uh, you could buy a, a receive a regular receiver on sale for 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 less than that." You could definitely find one maybe that's blemished or, or maybe they, uh, I don't know, let's say like Spike's Tactical, it got, the, the lettering got messed up on it and it said like Spoke's Tactical, you know, there was an O instead of an I and sometimes they'll sell those for, you know, uh, $45, $50. Um, again, of course, those you would still, they would still uh, be considered the fireman so you would have to go through uh, an FFL to get it. Uh, and I guess the main reason why you would want to get an 80% polymer or, or, or even aluminum, not just polymer, but aluminum would be that you would want something that would be off the radar. Uh, you would want something that maybe you could kind of build and do yourself. Now, with that, if you're ordering it online and you go through a credit card or something like that, uh, with, with all the NSA junk and all that other stuff, you know, how much off the radar are you? I, I don't know. Um, if you're buying something even through a private sale, if you're using email, how much of uh, off the radar are you? I don't know. Maybe not as much as you think you are. Uh, so uh, there is other stuff. Of course, we t- I think we had mentioned it. You know that you can you could uh, build your own. Uh, at least uh, depending on the state, but according to the ATF, you could build your own firearm uh, from scratch. Uh, if if you if you had the the machining equipment to do it, as long as your intention was never to sell that, if you're building it just for yourself, you could do that. Um, you know how many people have that capability? Probably not very many. Um, but anyway, uh, like I said, we went over to EP Armory. I went over there and checked, and uh, all their stuff says out of stock because the ATF has all their stuff. Uh, Aries Armor. It looks like um, they're even their. Um, their billet stuff and their um, other lower, uh, lower, uh, excuse me, lower receivers. I'm kind of stammering here. 
It looks like all that stuff is out of stock. Um, cosmetic billet, eighty blemish, eighty percent was normally hundred uh, was normally one hundred and sixty dollars, so they're dropping that down to seventy two out of stock. It looks like the um, eighty percent AR fifteen lower receiver. They're selling for $80. So it looks like they still have those. Now, of course, those are probably a forged aluminum thing. It looks like they've got other stuff for sale. So I don't know. Maybe if you were going to go buy a safety or if you were if you wanted to support the company, um, if you were going to do that, uh, you know, they, they do have other things. Um for sale. If you go over to their their uh, their website, they have you know T-shirts like "I will not comply" and bumper stickers and and stuff like that that you can that you can get. Uh, and some of them, of course, are oh, I guess the prices are about average. Um, so anyway, if you wanted to support them, you could go ahead and do that, and you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be buying anything that. Um, that would be considered a firearm. Now, from my from my understanding, Aries Armor was never an FFL dealer, so they never had their license. So all the stuff that they sold would would never nothing would be there that they had would be, ever be considered a, a firearm. Uh, but I just want to click over here. Uh, yeah, most of their stuff is out of stock. So, and I'm not seeing anything. I'm trying to look and see if there's even anything on here with polymer. And I don't, I don't see anything. They do have, uh, like I said, they have their 80% jig and all that stuff. So anyway, you know, it, what does kind of strike me as interesting is that James Madison thing. But again, I think I would kind of wait a little bit until this stuff kind of gets ironed out. And uh, I would maybe wait uh, until... Or until they they said that they got their uh, what was it called firearms branch letter or whatever thing it is um, firearms technology branch I guess uh, so anywho I would like to know if any of you guys has anybody out there uh, done that go ahead write in and like I said you'll remain anonymous or or you can send in a an anonymous e- uh, email or, or or voicemail or something like that and say hey. You know, I, I had one or I did an aluminum one and it wasn't that hard or it was pretty difficult, uh, that type of thing. So anyway, um, what else did Tom have to say in his letter there? Um, oh, he was talking about, Le- I get a little tongue tied here, Senator Leland Yee. And I guess he was running guns or selling stuff. And of course, he was a big anti-gun guy. So, uh, you know, as Tom says, good riddance to that fool. We'll see, though. I wonder if he'll end up going to a uh, a camp fed type thing, and he'll be out maybe in a in a year or so, and uh, all that stuff. Usually, those guys are pretty well connected. So, much like most things, when you deal with the government, uh, if you and I did it, we'd they'd, we'd be buried under the jailhouse. And if they do it, of course, it's you know going to be kind of a slap on the wrist. And when he gets out, he'll probably get some job. 
you know, maybe as a lobbyist or something like that, they'll end up taking care of them. So anyway, that's kind of about it for our feedback today. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, go over to that uh, James Madison tactical and let me know what you kind of think on that. Uh, anyway, the this, this show is going to be a little bit shorter today. But I did want to go ahead and get something out for you guys since we had uh, we had skipped last week. And uh, I think that will wrap it up for today. I will talk to you guys later. Take care. Here we go. One step at a time, don't be living on the line. I don't need a friend, I got more than on the mind. Sunshine in my brain, making everyone complain. Radio in my heart, don't be being so strange. Think I'm losing it, baby, where have you been? Everybody says that you're moving again.